Welcome to Decaf. Happy Friday morning. We're recording this a little late because this week has been actually bonkers insane. Mark and I have been running around like crazy people all week, but finally settled. Mark, are you drinking your coffee? I'm not right now. I actually, I actually got up a little bit. Uh, I got up a little bit later this morning, showered. I'm like, I didn't really have time to make it before this. So I'm going to go. I haven't done an energy drinking about, I, I've only done one last two weeks. So I think I'm going to get one today because I'm very tired, but I thought you were like trying to do like a wedding diet and like not drink those sugary drinks anymore, but no, he's going to go get one today. Well, cut no, I mean, but it's less. I mean, you're never going to cut things off completely. So I am trying to drink less. I mean, I know it's just not good for you generally. So <laughs> Yeah, you're going to have a heart attack if you're not kidding. Oh, oh well. Um, so really exciting big news that came out yesterday. This Tennessee Supreme Court is going to take up the ESA case. And that's a huge deal because a couple of years ago when the legislature passed the ESA program, they were trying to fund it. It couldn't happen because Shelby County and Davidson County, the two counties that the ESA program would apply to, that they would benefit from it, sued the state and said, basically, you can't make us do this. And ever since it's been tied up in court. And our hope was that the Supreme Court would take it up because, you know, kind of having a court that rules over the whole state of Tennessee would be ideal for a case that would hopefully lead the way to school choice for all of Tennessee. But we're really excited because we think that this could be the Supreme Court has a chance to really increase education opportunities for everyone. I mean, this is huge. Yeah, and the reason this is a big deal is because it was actually struck down by lower courts, the, the ESA program, and, and there was courts that said it was unconstitutional. So um, the Supreme Court to take that up is a huge deal because, again, it's, it, I mean, if you've ever listened to any of the Supreme Court of the United States, like podcasts, things like that, it's, they don't take up a lot of cases. And when they do take it up, I mean, it means it's a really big deal and a really big case, and they want to make sure that um, – you kind of have the best constitutional judges in the state to look at it. So I think that because it was struck down, this is a huge deal. And Beacon was involved along with the attorney general um, and I think a couple other groups. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, it's a big deal. And, and we'll kind of find out once and for all about this. I mean, we obviously have believed the entire time it's constitutional. Braden, who knows a lot more about law than I do, told me it's constitutional. So, so, I mean, we feel good about it and it kind of, I think we knew based on some of the courts that it was going to be tougher. And this is, we hope that it got to the Supreme court. And um, I, I think it'll be exciting that hopefully it will, the Supreme court will reverse the lower court's decision and allow children to have a choice. Yeah. Justin and Shaka Mitchell from um, Tennessee Federation for children wrote a really great op-ed. It's in the Tennessee and today you should definitely check it out. It's on our Facebook page, but really just talking through like, what does it mean for kids to not have opportunities and what does it mean for kids to have opportunities? So it's really huge. You know, if the Supreme court thought that the lower courts were right, that this was unconstitutional, they wouldn't even waste their time with it. And so there's obviously hope that the court is going to rule in our favor because they're taking it up in the first place. Like it's such a huge deal. Yeah. That's not exactly right. I mean, that the people, they do take, they do take up things and they've ruled the same way the lower courts. They just think it's a big issue and it's something that needs to be looked yeah. at maybe a little bit more thoroughly. So I think that we're trying to be cautiously optimistic. The fact that they took it is a, is a big deal and it's something that we should be optimistic about, but we never know what's going to happen. Um, I feel good because our lawyer tells me that we're, we're, we're in a good, we have good standing in this case, uh, but it, it, it will be interesting. And hopefully it will be the next step that, especially with, like we talked about before with, with parents struggling with their kids, not actually being in school and even teachers in some places saying, even if they get a vaccine, they're not going to go back uh, to have that opportunity and choice for next, next school year would be a huge deal for them. Yeah. There's hope. You know me, I'm a silver linings person. I always frame everything with like the most positive like outlook on it because if we, if I don't, then no one else will. Um, so that really is a case that's all about spending. Where are we spending our money on students? How are we spending our money on schools? And that's more on the state level. 
on the federal level, spending has gone, I mean, correct me if you disagree, Mark, but spending has gone haywire with all the different stimulus packages, the coronavirus relief, everything. And then just on top of that, just the general bills that they pass, what is it like the farm bill that's always just like crammed with pork? Yeah, like, yeah. What is the deal? I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble understanding why no one, not no one, but why most of the people that we elect don't really understand the fact that you can't spend money you don't have. Why is that so hard for the government to understand? Yeah, I read it. I actually read a really good article. I think it was it's from a, a left lean. It might have been the Atlantic, but it, it talked about how like um, at this point, Republicans like they pretend to care about the debt. But then when they get in, they don't do anything about it. And then they criticize the Democrats when they do stuff. But the other point is like the Democrats don't even pretend to care about the debt anymore. They don't they don't care about spending. They, they kind of live in this world of fantasy. Um, and they said, like, even somebody who's called like a fiscal hawk, they were talking about, I guess his name was something Reed uh, being in charge of a uh, in charge of Biden's like financial stuff. And they're like, and AOC and all these people are like, no, just the fact that he's a fiscal hawk means he's unqualified. Like anybody who believes in any kind of balanced budget, what they said, like in the nineties, like that used to be part of the democratic ticket. It's like th that you had to be reasonable about things. Even Obama, maybe he did spend a lot, but like he, he talked about why the debt matters. And it seems like, uh, I mean, for, for some of the good things that Trump did, I mean, he spent a ton of money and was completely irresponsible fiscally. And now you're kind of seeing the next level of that. And, uh, it's because both parties just, it, it, it seems like things have gone crazy and Republicans don't care when they're in office and care when the Democrats are in office and Democrats don't care ever, it seems like. So it's just this issue where like, there's going to be a point where we're not going to be able to come back from. And we're going to be so far in debt and just have these ideas like we can spend whatever we want. It doesn't matter. I follow a lot of people on Twitter who joke about politics. Like they know what they're saying, but they basically just like shamelessly make fun of politics all day every day and one of them said raise your hand if you live in another country that taxes its citizens to pay America and it's just so interesting all of our foreign aid that we do is like our taxes go up to pay to help other countries which I mean I understand like help and diplomacy and whatever but at the same time like we're in a lot of trouble financially in America why are we doing this and I remember that Mark when AOC she and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, like the little squad, they launched a petition to get this guy not in Biden's inner circle because he was a fiscal hawk and they said that he would not um, forgive student debt. Like, it's just actually insane that they don't even pretend to care about tax dollars anymore. So, and like fiscal hawk doesn't even mean like fiscal hawk just means at this point, like, oh, we'll like we kind of care about finance. Like, outside of Rand Paul, I'm not sure there's any other fiscal hawks even in the entire like Senate. And, and there's probably a few in the House, but like, it's not like Republicans are fiscal hawks. Even when you call somebody a fiscal hawk, it's not the same thing as saying that maybe 30 years ago. It's just like, oh, they don't believe we should have Medicare for all. So they're a fiscal hawk. Like, that's insane. Like, it's just, it's just, it's gotten to the point where I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and as much as, I mean, you, you can criticize I mean, the Biden administration is just spending crazy amounts of money. But like when Trump did that, people were quiet. I mean, you know, people on the right were like, and they let him run up our deficits. They let him keep funding these programs, whether it's uh, Medicare or security, he put more money into these. And just, it's, it, it's not a, it's not a partisan thing. And it's kind of to the point where like, Republicans kind of used to be the fiscal hawks and Democrats were kind of in the middle. Now it's like Republicans are maybe a little bit left of the middle for spending and Democrats are, are gone off the, they're gone off the deep end. Well, I remember years ago, and I don't know if you remember when he was a senator from Oklahoma, but Tom Coburn, he was a medical yep. doctor, he was a senator from Oklahoma. And every year he would do the government waste book and mm -hmm. he would 
print it off and he would leave it on it's similar to our pork report but it was on the federal level things about like a shrimp running on a treadmill the federal government would fund research about shrimp running on treadmill just crazy things and he would leave it on everyone's desks and because of that he was not taken seriously because he was such such like a I, I guess a true fiscal hawk of like actually looking at what's in these budgets and what's being funded and when you do that you're not popular and so that to me is just the most mind-blowing thing of like the, iris, the responsible people are the ones that aren't taken seriously because they're not willing to work with people. No, I'm not going to work with you when you want to spend trillions of dollars. And I think that's what we're going to see with the next stimulus, whatever it ends up looking like, is more people grandstanding, talking about how we need this and we need that and we need something else, where I, I feel very confident saying this, if you actually polled the average American and ask them truly like what their thoughts were on government spending, they would say, chill out. I, I genuinely believe that. I think I think overall they would, but if you talk about their specific thing, like, oh yeah, of course we need to fund that. Of course this COVID stuff, we should spend 80. So, so I mean, it's, there's not gonna be consistency there, but I really think that um, the, the best way to sum it up is that in probably the past 20 years, but Republicans are hypocritical and Democrats are delusional. That seems like kind of when it comes to finances, that's where we're at right now. Honestly, I love a Mark hot take. Like when he just is like, I'm going to paint with a broad stroke and it's completely true. Like I fully believe you on that. Um, let's talk about something a little bit happier. The Super Bowl is this week. Um, I don't really watch NFL. I know you don't either, Mark. You're more of like an NBA guy. But since we started really betting on sports, we really care. I got some skin in the game now. I got my money on the Chiefs. I placed, I placed the exact same bet that Mark did because I trust him. You took the and, minus six and a half? Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, did you bet on who the MVP would be? Okay, I did. I took a couple, uh, I took a couple like way far back guys though. I did too. I took I, Dominic and Sue at a hundred to one. I put, Ty, I got Tyreek Hill. Um, I'd only put like $20 on it. He's like nine to one. That's not a, I'm talking about like, I'm, mine are like real long shots, like a hundred to one, 150 to one. Oh, well, it's but still, he's like the third he, best odds. <laughs> right. Well, if, I mean, if he wins, I put like, 10 20 on it i get a payout of like 140 bucks so i'm like i'll take that i'll take those the problem is with receivers it's hard for a receiver to win it because he like relies on the quarterback to do something so it would have to be one of those games where like mahomes throws for like 400 yards but it's like three interceptions and tyree killed does all like the heavy lifting but i mean it's possible also i do i watch football a ton i watch I every every sunday with fantasy football like i spend hours like preparing and watch it all day but you're really dedicated to the NBA. Like, I'm really dedicated to college football. Like, we like the NFL. Yeah, I, we I, like, I think I'm more dedicated to the NFL, to be honest. I like we the jazz team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't have an NFL team. I just, that's I more what football. I mean. It's okay. like, we don't have a team. We just enjoy football in general. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it'll be a good game. I think the betting thing does make it fun. And they always have like, they also like the, the hilarious bets you can make, like, Will the national anthem last longer than a minute 47? Yeah. Like coin, what do you think of the coin toss? Uh, I remember, I, I remember like three years ago, I made a bet on remember when Maroon 5 played the Super Bowl? It was so good. Yeah. So I picked it was not good, but I remember I put $20 on harder to breathe to be their first song. I won like 600 bucks. It was like this huge underdog of their first song. I'm like, oh, it's gonna, but and it's just it's stuff like that. That's I mean, they have a lot of funny bets. That's so fun. I need to look because I'm really excited. I was telling Mark about this before. I'm really excited about the weekend. I love the weekend. I think he's going to do a really great halftime. The weekend is a singer, by the way, not like this right. coming up. I also love the weekend as in Saturday, Sunday, sleeping late, but I love <laughs> the singer the weekend. And he put like 7 million of his own dollars into the halftime show to make it really spectacular. He said that he felt like we deserve it this year. Like we deserve a really great halftime show, which 
I think is great. And so he's really going to, he put his money where his mouth is. And I think he's going to show up. So yeah, I need to There's really never been a good halftime show that I remember since I've been like a, a football fan. I mean, Bruno I, most Mars. of them I've watched. What? Bruno Mars was incredible. He's fine. I mean, the thing is, I don't like any of their music. Like, I don't know. Just like, it's a lot of people who had like hit songs like four or five years ago or like 30 years ago. I remember like, what, like Paul McCartney and like, it's just, I don't know. It just never, it's never music I like. And it's just kind of, I guess they have to appeal to the widest swath. And that usually ends up being like a bunch of like artists that everyone thinks are fine and nobody okay. loves. But they did Paul McCartney in retaliation to the Janet Jackson boob incident yeah but who cares like i, I, I still don't want to see paul mccartney do that i think they tried to pick him because they knew that he could not be outrageous and after that did you watch that like were you like i remember being a kid and and watching that happen yeah i don't think i really realized what was going on i think i kind of like i not missed it but when like i remember like i watched and people talked about later on I'm like oh yeah i guess that did happen like, i just like i don't know why it didn't really hit me at the time what was happening I remember I was and like, sitting, I thought it was kind of part of the thing. I didn't realize like there was actually a malfunction there. I was sitting, well, I think it was part of the thing too. I don't think it was, I, I think, anyway, I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I was sitting with my parents and I, we all, like all the Dawson's just <gasps> gasped all at the same time. And my mom <laughs> turned off the TV, but I think, isn't that when they started doing like a few second delay on all live broadcasts? I think so. I think that's like, right. That, yeah. That yeah. triggered that. Because yep. so many millions of people were watching, huh? Well, I hope the weekend keeps it clean this year, and there's no more. Yeah, I don't. I actually like. I feel like I only know one song by the week. I know. I know he's a big deal, but like, what songs does he sing? He he um he's on a lot of songs like Starboy and um. Like he's I, featured on songs. He he does a lot of songs with other people, so I'm curious to see Definitely like Chad how Kroger. he's gonna do it by himself. Like what? Chad Kroger. He's featured a lot is. of songs. That lead singer Nickelback. He's he's famous, he's featured a lot of songs. Mark, why do you always have to bring up Nickelback? And Florida Georgia Line. I feel like they're in a bunch of songs now too, like featured. You're disgusting. Why do you always bring up people <laughs> that I hate? <laughs> I hate well, it's so a good it's a good segue. Talk about country music. <laughs> it is. It's a really good segue. So let's talk about country music for our last topic, and specifically one artist who really made a fool of himself. I have very strong feelings about this, and Mark and I kind of disagree. I don't know I if we disagree, disagree, but yes, please say, say what you think first. Okay. I think that Morgan Wallen is a jerk. I think that he needs to watch his mouth. And I don't like the whole cancel culture in general, but I do think that people, when they say very inappropriate and mean things, should be held accountable for it. So for people who don't know the story, okay. Mark, Morgan Whalen is a, he's a big country singer. And I'm really into country music. I don't like him. I never, his music, I'm like, it's fine. But he's kind of like the biggest thing there is right now. I feel like he's having that, or he was having that moment that Chris Stapleton kind of had like three or four years ago where he kind of came out of nowhere and became the biggest name. And he was recorded on video uh, yelling the N-word uh, at his friends, which was kind of the the last of a, a number of incidences because he he was drunk, throwing up. I know he got, uh, he got arrested for, I guess, public whatever intoxication SNL so i mean thing got canceled like he's just yeah broken. yeah he's making out different girls at, at alabama parties or whatever without wearing a mask during covid so like he's but but the latest thing was he he said the n-word to his friends and was basically his, his neighbor recorded it and he has been dropped from everything right like his label all these places have dropped him for saying that and i think he's still i think he's still on the itunes chart but other than this like I don't know if his career is over, but it looks really bad right now, at least for the the, uh, the upcoming future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and well, I just think anyway. Finish saying what you were going to say, and then I'll and then I'll finish mine. 
I, I have, a, I just have mixed feelings about, it. I think that's horrible what he said. And he's also, and it's also like he said, he yelled the M word. He's 27 years old. And like, this wasn't something he did 15 years ago on social media, like as a kid, like he is an adult and said that now. And like, of course we believe in freedom of association. I think that all those places had the, had the ability to not deal with him. They don't want to. Um, and I, I think that's fine. I mean, I, I get, it. I, I understand. I think it's fine. Um, I do wish a little bit, we saw um, equal things on both sides, I saw recently Jen Psaki, the, or the press secretary, said a very anti-gay term in, in, in talking about Lindsey Graham. It has not been punished. What? It was in a press conference. Like no, no, it was a tweet. Well, whatever. They brought it yeah, up. Yeah, I think they asked her, but it was from a tweet yeah. from like eight or nine months ago. And she said uh, homophobic things uh, relating to Lindsey Graham. And somehow I've not seen the attention on that that I've seen on anything that Trump said that was unacceptable this thing which i mean i'm not and i'm not saying that one's worse or better than the other but like we're making such a big deal about this like how about the fact that the press secretary uh it, it said these very anti you know gay slurs at, at lindsey graham like that's not okay either all i want with this is some cons- consistency i haven't seen it yet i've seen a lot of people on the left go crazy when and, and rightfully so for some of the things that have been said by trump administration officials or or people out there but they don't hold themselves to the same standard. And when they say it, they let it go. They say, oh, well, she didn't mean that. Or that's not exactly what And like, it's stupid. And, it, and it's it's a double standard. And I'm tired of left doing that. And that's why this Morgan Whalen thing, like, yeah, I think he should, I think that's horrible. He's a 27-year-old person yelling the N-word. I don't think that's good. And I think that he probably, everything they did to him was probably fair. I just wish we saw that from everyone. The same people who want to cancel everyone are the ones who let the people who they agree with go. And I, I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I, I actually completely agree with that. And what's so sad to me, like you want consistency. I just want people to act like adults. Like I just want everyone to not say stupid things and just act like an adult and have some a bit of common sense. But what's so sad about the Morgan Wallen thing to me is that like he has, his career has taken off and he has failed the test of success in such an epic crash and burn kind of way with his behavior at all of these yeah. parties having his SNL like any artist is going to lose their minds to get to play SNL at his stage of the his career especially like so many people have played SNL and he just didn't care he has failed the test of success and it's really sad and I part of me wonders if some of the people that he worked with were just looking for an excuse to cut him loose and they were like this is it and we're just gonna we're just gonna go for it because we he's making a lot of money I don't think they're looking for an excuse yeah but it's like you can't sustain someone who's going to act like that. Like but then there's the other question, which I think that me and you, I don't know if we have the same thing. I'm like, do you, of course we care, but like, does it matter what your favorite artist or movie stars believe? I, I mean, I, I mean, maybe being racist is one thing. I, I don't know, but like, I mean, I, I like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I think that what they believe is despicable and horrible. I mean, I, I like a lot of actors and I think Sean Penn's a great actor. I think he's a horrendous person. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it matters to me what these people believe in, what they say. It's like, I am listening to him for his music or, I'm, and I don't like his music, so I don't care about him, but like I'm listening for their music or for their acting. I don't necessarily care about their opinions, their political things. And I, I don't know, I guess like if, if somebody's really despicable, you don't want to give them money, but I, I eat Ben and Jerry's and they're despicable people. And I think it's, I think it's good ice cream. Yeah. I think being a racist is like a whole different thing. Like we can kind of put that in its own category, like being like an out and out racist is like a whole different thing but i think being a socialist like and like defending a cop killer which is what ben and jerry did is pretty awful too let's not (laughs) well that's what i'm saying is like all of these social beliefs that that these businesses and actors have actually talked about this a lot of people that if people on the right were to cut people off the way the people on the left cut off people on the right we really wouldn't have anything to enjoy like 
all of our favorite movies. We couldn't watch the actors because we would protest against them. Ben and Jerry's ice cream, we wouldn't eat that. We wouldn't go to Starbucks, we wouldn't do whatever. If we were cutting off people that are and businesses that don't agree with us, but somehow on the left, they feel totally content with looking through campaign finance disclosures and seeing if their favorite mommy bloggers donated to Trump. And if so, try to cancel them, things like that. I had a total breakdown the other day because this mommy blogger, which I'm not a mom, but I follow this blogger, she, all of these mommy bloggers tried to cancel her because they found out that she had donated to Trump. And it's just like, what's with this standard here? I know all of y'all donated to Biden. If she donated to Trump, like that's, she has the right to do that. You have the right to unfollow her, but like you can't cancel someone for expressing their free speech. And I, I guess that my biggest thing is I don't look to actors or politicians or anything to be like a spiritual leader or like someone important in my life. I look to them for entertainment or politicians to protect us from outside threats, really like the government to protect us. I'm not looking for them to fortify my soul. And so I really don't care what they believe. Like that's just not my business. And also one more thing, like I, I've had enough of the Trump stuff. Like, you know, he's out of office, like stop. You don't have to, everybody who even kind of liked him or doing money, like you don't have to go after me. It, it, it's all over. Like I know, and my prediction is going to be the same as George W. Bush. They're going to blame everything that goes wrong for the next two years is going to be his fault, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be Trump's fault. It's going to be the same thing that they did to George W. Bush where like they have him as a fallback. So when some of these plans they come up with don't go over well, people don't like them or they're a failure, um, they're going to blame Trump for it just because like he's an easy target. And I think it's going to do the same thing that happened last time where people need to be like, okay, well, we know it's not his fault anymore. Like you can say, we, I might not like him. But you can't blame him for everything. I'm just, and I'm just done with that. It's over. He's out of office. Now we have a new president, get over it and, and deal with what the current president's doing. Get over it. If the president himself is going to say, be united, then quit going through people's personal business. I mean, whether or not he's going to like actually fulfill that promise, sure. I don't know, but he's saying it. Sure. So like, if you voted for him, then chill out, call off the dogs. Let's not go after people for being Trump supporters. It's over. We respect who you voted for. Everyone needs to respect who everyone voted for, period. Or just get over it. More, you don't have to respect it. You can just get over it and just yeah, say, sure. okay, it's, it's, it's over. <laughs> this election's over. This guy won. I mean, and, and like, just move on. You don't like this idea that Trump's going to be responsible every time something goes wrong for them. Like, well, Trump did this or Trump did this. Like, who cares? That is not relevant anymore. You need to, you need to actually govern, you know, you need to do things that people want. And if you don't, you can't just like, every time you mess up, you can't fall back and, oh, well, Trump did this. Like that. It's not relevant anymore. Stop going after supporters. Stop going after people who like even mildly liked him or worked for him. Like that's not going to be helpful to anybody in uniting the country. That's different, so, but I believe that. Yeah, totally. So in conclusion, ESAs are awesome. No one hopefully will be legal. Hopefully will be legal. Republicans are hypocrites. Democrats are delusional. The weekend, even though Mark doesn't know his song is going to put on a great Super Bowl show, <laughs> Morgan Wallen is a total jerk and <laughs> deserved exactly what he got. And don't blame Trump anymore for anything. Is that or for everything at least? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah yep. don't blame Trump for everything. Good. That's okay. a good, good rundown. Are those our takeaways? Yep, sure. <laughs> okay, great. Well, everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.